Conducting global research? Marketing your brand to a multilingual audience? With translation, transcription, voiceover, and subtitling services in over 75 languages, we'll make the connection to your audience in their own language. Get the linguistic accuracy you expect with the cultural nuance you need, all tailored to your needs with friendly service. Try Multilingual Connections. Mention Little Bird Marketing for $100 off your first project. Multilingualconnections.com. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Little Bird Mama here at Little Bird Marketing. And with me today, uh, back by, again, popular demand, is Ashley LeBlanc, my executive director. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's always more fun to chat back and forth about this stuff. (laughs) Which is hilarious because we work in offices right next to each other. The amount of time we actually see each other during the day is pretty minimal. So this is fun because we actually get to take some time and talk about the things we do. Yes. Hello. How are you, Ashley? Exactly. (laughs) Nice seeing you. (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about a topic that is really near and dear our hearts. It's something that we really find to be fundamental to growing and scaling your business. And a lot of people come at us saying, hey, we're ready to do marketing or we're ready to scale up. And usually the next thing they start talking to me about is KPIs. What are we going to measure and what is it going to look like? And how do we, and I'm like, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. There are so many things to do before we're actually looking at what is repeatable, right? And I understand that people want to bring, you know, uh, return on investment and they want to know, you know, the the data. I, I totally get that. But you can't get data until you have a fundamental understanding of who your most ideal buyer is and how they go about buying what you do. Now, at Little Bird Marketing, we talk about uh, buyer personas all the time. <laughs> I know that you know this, um, but it, it's worth repeating. But today we're going to make a little bit of a twist on it, and we're going to really talk about the buyer's journey. So once you actually know who your most ideal client is, what's happening to them? Because understanding the actual process that they go through before deciding to buy your product or service is super important because that's how you're going to be able to customize and it's how you're going to be able to build rapport and show that you actually uh, love them, right? And you you have empathy for their, their current situation and you want to remedy that with your product or service. So you may have heard the buyer's journey as a path to purchase. That's another way of looking at it. But really the reality is that buyers don't wake up and decide just to buy on a whim, right? They go through a process where they become aware of the problem that they have. It finally rises to the top. It could be a persistent problem. It's just maybe it hasn't nagged them enough yet, or it could be a newly emerging problem, but they have to become aware that they have a problem, right? That's the first step. (laughs) Be aware that you have a problem. (laughs) The next piece is that they start considering or evaluating that problem. We're going to get into this a little bit deeper. And then the final step is they decide that they're going to solve this product, this problem. And in solving that problem, the question is, who is going to help me solve this problem? So Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about the stages uh, um, of the buyer's journey and how those things break down and make sense for the actual buyer going through the process? Yeah. And the buyer's journey is so interesting because I think it's one of the most 
undervalued pieces of marketing strategy. I people agree with us on personas all day long, right? They they understand I need to have personas and they impact who I'm marketing to, but people want their personas and then they take them and run and start writing the blog copy or the social media post. And they're missing these fundamental stages. Like Priscilla said, we're broken into these three stages. We have awareness, we have consideration, and we have decision. So I'm going to break it down. We're going to go into a little scenario here, and I'm going to walk you through um, our persona here. We're calling her Denise. I'm going to walk you through her buyer's journey. So hopefully this provides a little bit more context and you can start putting something into place and thinking about your own personas and buyer's journey. So in awareness stage, like Priscilla said, the buyer is becoming aware that they have a problem. So they're, they're recognizing symptoms at this point in time. So let me set the stage. So Denise is, she's pressed for time. Uh, she gets to the end of her day and she hasn't gotten to all of her tasks. Her to-do list seems a mile long, and she has a lot of pressure from stakeholders in her company for updates on projects, for completion of projects, but in reality, all of her projects are not at the right milestone, so she's feeling that pressure. And at the end, she's sick and tired of feeling like she doesn't have enough hours in the day. Maybe you resonate with that. <laughs> I know. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I yeah. am Denise. Oh, wait, wait. No, yeah. back, to, back to the buyer's journey. Yeah. Maybe that made you sweat a little bit. But anyway, that's that's Denise. That's who we're talking about here. So in awareness stage, as she's becoming aware of her symptoms, she's aware that time is an issue. And she doesn't have the capacity to get everything done in the day that she needs to get done to move the project forward at the correct timeline. So in this awareness stage, she's asking questions like, how do I get more control of my time? How can I relieve the pressure of time? And are there things on my to-do list that I can offload? What do I actually need to be doing and what can someone else do? So she hasn't actually even defined her problem yet. She just is very aware of her symptoms and is starting to realize I need to do something about this. So the next stage, this is consideration. So in the consideration stage, the, the buyer has, they've, they've defined the problem and now they are, they are starting to consider what is the remedy to my problem? What can the solution actually be? So in our Denise scenario, Denise has defined her problem, which is she has way too much work and too few resources, whether that's time or staff or budget. So she's asking questions like, well, I know I need help, but should I insource or outsource the help that I need? And if I choose to do one of those options, how quickly can I find some someone? Because time is an issue, so I need to get this done fast. And um, are they going to have the right expertise? And if I hire someone internally, what do I do if we're not busy and I'm not feeling this pressure for time anymore? What, what do I do with their time? Uh, if I choose to outsource can I trust an outside vendor? Are they going to care about the project as much as I do? You know, how are they going to be held responsible for the quality? 
will they have the right expertise? And most importantly to Denise, how do I stay in control of the project and of the timeline if someone else is handling some of the details? So she's starting to ask all of those questions that's going to lead her to her solution, but she hasn't necessarily narrowed it down to vendors, which happens in our next stage, decision. So she knows she's aware of her symptoms, She's considered solutions and she's decided now in the decision stage that she is going to outsource her solution. So she's made her decision and this is where she starts looking for an outside vendor to partner with. So she is on Google, she's talking to colleagues, she's talking to friends in the industry, and she's looking for specific partners and vendors that can help her solve her problem, and she is now vetting them, whether it's through their website or setting up phone calls with them to ask them a long list of questions. Now, the questions that Denise is asking here in Decision is, how can you, the actual vendor, handle the entire project? Or are you going to handle just pieces of it? And is there wiggle room for me to customize what you handle and what I handle? Um, they're, they're looking really, you know, if, if Denise's issue is time, a question that she's asking this partner in the vetting process is, how can you help me complete my projects on time? while I scale up this portion of the business, as I build revenue, as I bring new business in, can you help me move things forward? And I mean, if we were going to boil it down to one question that Denise is really asking is, how can you make my life easier? Right? Going back to the issue of time. So that would be Denise's you know, buyer's journey. She's just becoming aware of those symptoms of time. She's actually considered that I have two options here, in-source or outsource. And then she decides she's going to outsource and she starts actually vetting a vendor. The summary Ashley just gave you is so important. And I would just encourage you to just rewind this podcast right now and go back and listen to that awareness, consideration, and decision stage again. Let me tell you, I have done this for over a decade, and this is so key to moving your company forward. And it's not easy to really understand awareness, consideration, and decision. It really, even for us, we have to stop and think again, because for example, awareness, a lot of people come out and say, oh, they need to be aware of our brand. It's brand awareness. No, 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 no. It's not brand awareness. It's the person themselves being aware of their problem. And so I just challenge you to go back and listen to it again, because we have some of our own assumptions and we bring them into understanding the buyer's journey, but the entire point of the buyer's journey is for us to leave our assumptions behind and really focus in on what is happening with this buyer. So your question next is, sounds great, why does this matter? <laughs> so the first thing I would say about that is that every single one of your buyers really are unique. We get that. We're not trying to lump everybody into, you know, this is the thing, this is the way that it happens with everybody. That's not true. But they do have similar, similar attributes and they do share similar needs. And so focusing on those needs is what is important here. You want to understand what they're thinking about those needs, what they're feeling about those needs, and what they're asking about those needs at every single stage. Because if you can understand that, you can begin to write copy and really speak to them and nurture them through the process. Help people be helped. That's really what the buyer's journey is about. 
Hey, you, listening to this podcast right now, do you ever think, man, there are so many kick-ass market research podcasts. I wish there was some sort of an award for them so I could go and vote for my favorite. Well, you're in luck. The Market Research Podcast Award is back. Vote for your favorite podcast in the insights industry and bestow upon them the title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open and you can submit your favorite podcast at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Submissions close on June 30th, 2021 and are followed by a round of voting. The winner will be announced in October at Greenbook's IIEX North America. The pandemic has altered so many aspects of the human experience. It has challenged us to think differently about our mental health, about what it means to prioritize our well-being and to lead a joyful life. I'm so excited to participate with Innovate MR and Quandrum on a panel about how we can activate joy in our daily life for greater purpose and productivity. I'll be joined with Lisa Wilding Brown, the Chief Research Officer at Innovate MR, Ben Gilgoff, and Katya Cahoon, a psychotherapist with experience in intelligent change. Together, we'll discuss how we can activate joy for greater purpose and productivity. Be sure to join us on June 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Joy is a Choice. Register today at bit.ly slash joy is a choice. You know, when I come into a marketing strategy meeting, I understand that the people sitting on the other side of the table from me are there because they want to drive revenue. Why do, why do we do marketing? Because we want to drive revenue, whether it's scale up, whether it's maintain, whatever it may be at the end of it, it's we need to make sales. So from a sales perspective, let's think about the buyer's journey. If we ignore the buyer's journey and we go immediately to decision stage language about our business, why we're the right choice, we are neglecting so many people that are still in awareness and consideration stage. People who are just becoming aware of their symptoms, they don't know that they need our solution yet. So this this comes back to our little mantra here at Little Bird Marketing, which is always be helping, right? So if we are being helpful, it's very easy for us to have awareness stage language and consideration stage language because we're trying to help them solve the problem, which is not jumping directly to decision stage pitching our business. It is hey, you have these symptoms. Here's what we think a solution could be. Not saying Little Bird Marketing is your solution. We're saying an organized marketing strategy, I think would relieve the pressure of you feeling like your marketing is in chaos all the time. So we have to have that language about awareness and consideration so that we can we have the opportunity to pitch the business in decision stage. I love that. And, you know, I, I will add here just a small going down a rabbit hole is that when you do your prior personas and you do the awareness consideration and decision stage, this is something you need to review constantly. We just came back from a strategy session where we looked at our personas and 
really re-examine them. And we learned a lot more. And I have to say, it also puts you in a place where you start listening differently to prospects and to customers because you're listening for what is actually going on in their life. And that sets you up, I believe, for success. And just as a key example, you know, we talk all the time that, you know, people uh, choose, you know, our source system because they don't want to have all this chaos. You know, they, they want to get things in order. But I had someone talk with me and say, well, Priscilla, actually, that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you because I don't have the bandwidth. And I was like, oh my gosh, if you don't listen like that to your prospects and your customers, you don't learn about how to really speak to them in a way that resonates with them. And that's what this is all about. So why does it matter? The process of understanding your buyer in each one of the stages of their journey is so invaluable so that you can create and continue to refine your sales process you really end up better able to empathize with prospects. You can handle objections in a way that does not feel salesy and slimy. You can provide really the right information at the right time. And that's what will help you close more deals and win more business. And by the way, it's winning business with people who are ideal for your company. That is so key because we don't want to be out there working for anyone to work with us. The moment we decide that everyone is not a potential client and that certain people who we can serve the best are our potential client, that's when we've entered into a strategic, uh, a strategic decision and a strategic movement with our company. Let me sneak one more thing in here in, in terms of why this matters. Let's talk about digital for a second. We know our world is becoming increasingly more digital as time goes on. If the pandemic's done anything to us, it's thrown us into a, you know, heightened digital world. The sales process has gone digital. And we actually know that 67% of the buyer's journey is now done digitally. 67%. Let that sink in for a second. So when we're thinking about that, think about all the content that you have on your website, on your blogs, on social media the content that your employees are putting out about your brands, how much is that focused on decision? And then how much do you actually have that's out there that's about awareness and consideration, addressing the symptoms, addressing the possible solutions? So how, and, and when people, you know, that 67%, when they're Googling their symptoms, how can I get time back in my day? How can I get my project done more efficiently? When they're Googling things or asking colleagues, however they're perform, performing their searches digitally, how many pieces of content are they seeing that are yours? How mm. are you, you, you know, they're not going to read a blog that's all about how Little Bird Marketing solves their problem if they don't know what their problem is. So guess what? Little Bird Marketing needs to have blogs about getting time back in your day, about um, possible solutions to addressing marketing chaos. Um, and, and this is kind of interesting. So mar marketers who actually prioritize putting digital content out there um, about the buyers or, you know, that focus on the different stages of the buyer's journey are 13 times more likely to see positive ROI. 13 times. Um, I'll take 13 times. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody okay. want a 13 time uh, multiplier in your business? Me. <laughs> exactly. So this all sounds great, Ashley, Priscilla. 
what do I do? <laughs> so I would like to say just in closing, just make sure that you keep the focus on the goal, which is providing the right message to the right audience at the right time. I'm gonna give you one more example. And it's a very strong example of why we don't run to talking about features and benefits and talking about our company and what we do. And instead we consider where our ideal persona is in their buyer's journey. So let's just pretend for a minute that I have a marriage counseling business and I can make a post on social that says, hey, I know you're pressed for time. We have appointments after hours on Wednesdays and Fridays, right? So Wednesdays and Fridays, we have a, a, a five o'clock, a six o'clock, a seven o'clock and an eight o'clock time. Okay. But if I'm not ready to buy and that hits me, that's like somebody throwing up features and benefits to me without really bringing me through any journey. But if we actually did more than just the buyer um, persona and you really go through the journey, you're going to be able to craft messages like, are you sick and tired of sleeping five inches from someone but feeling a mile away? This is something that is going to far more deeply resonate with your most ideal client and this is what is possible, that difference of message. So that is the goal to provide the right message to the right audience at the right time. So to do that, number one, you have to go do ideal buyer persona work. You just have to. You can go visit our free resource. You can go to littlebirdmarketing.com uh, forward slash resources, or you can go directly to littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash uh, buyer hyphen personas. So check out that free resource. On the resource page, there's also a workbook if you are ready to get going and do that either by yourself or with your team. So the next thing you need to do is you need to put yourself in their shoes, brainstorm what they are thinking at each stage, what questions they're asking, what statements they're making, what queries they're typing into Google search, like Ashley said. And one way that I try and help clients get there is I like to say, you know, your most ideal client, when they say, Ugh, what's the next thing out of their mouth? And if you've done this work with clients for a long time, you probably know that info. You just don't know that you know it. So you've got to sit down and make yourself get in their shoes and figure out, you know, methodically what they're saying at different stages. And the last thing is then you need to be disciplined to write the content, your resources, your social media, like whatever it is, I don't care if it's short content or long content, you need to discipline yourself to only write content that answers those questions for your most ideal client. In my personal opinion, all other content is vanity content, right? So this has been an episode where we hope we've given you very practical advice that is going to move the needle. And like Ashley said, how about 13 times? Want 13 times? Yes, Let's please. get this work done. Um, so from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, get this in place, make it a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>